From the West Coast to the coast of Lake Superior, this is the Coast to Coast NBA podcast. I'm Chalanga. Excuse me, Chalanga, but you got in the way of my speaking path. So what? I had to actually, I was supposed to land that. Yeah, I was supposed to land that podcast shot. So uh, you didn't give me a landing space. So that's a flagrant one on you. You just called a flagrant one on that? Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. I'm sorry, but you got in my way. Are you, you got in my space? You, I'm sorry. Are you, you're serious right now? I'm sorry. That's, that's a flagrant that's one. Just the way. All right, flagrant two. You're kicked out. Dude. You're out of here. Okay. Right. So, all right, podcast listeners, it's just me this time. We are coming off <laughs> watching the Timberwolves lose to the Memphis Grizzlies, and we are upset. In the words of Drake, I'm upset. <laughs> was drake the person who said that he he coined that phrase yeah i think that's a drake original that's a that's a trademark interesting yeah 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 he's, in the w- he's got that in the words of albert einstein <laughs> the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again but expecting different results why do we watch the timberwolves listen that oh, this <laughs> this whole game this whole game I was so confident in the Wolves. I was like, this is going to be a Wolves win. This is a 40-point Andrew Wiggins win or Andrew Wiggins game. The the Wolves are going to win by 20. This is no problem. But Dylan, I was <laughs> I was proven even wrong. Andrew Wiggins, even if Andrew Wiggins scored 10 more points in this game, we would have still the lost. The Wolves still would have lost. Five. Man, what a tough game. What a tough game. So I guess let's open with that flagrant foul call on Carl Anthony Towns at the end of the game. He jumped and landed in Dylan Brooks's shooting space, which is a foul. That is a common foul to land where a shooter is landing. But never have I ever seen a call like that called a flagrant <laughs> one. Okay, Chalanga, I have some breaking news. Seriously, though. Um, I have revealed the whistleblowers. Oh, Eric Lewis, Ray Acosta, and Finizzi Ransom. Oh. That's, that's pretty suspect. And the umpire, Finizzi Ransom. What a name. I love that name. I've never heard of that guy. He must have played basketball in his past. That sounds like <laughs> a basketball player. <laughs> Or his parents did, and they wanted him to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was like, that was, the the game probably would have been lost at that point anyway, but that but was, it was throughout the, the game nail in the coffin, you know, when that was called a flagrant one. Are you kidding me? There were, there were so many times in that game where one of our guys didn't touch the a Grizzlies player and then they would get sent to the line and then we would have the same thing happen on the other end of the court and we could not get a call. Yeah, that has been the the plight of the Wolves over the the past two games because we just came off this loss from the uh, loss against the Bucks on Monday where the Wolves could not get a call. Giannis could literally do what ever he wanted like he was just pushing off left and right he was traveling uh he was knocking our players over and there was no calls against him (laughs) like he he could literally do whatever he wanted to congratulations on those seats by the way how was the game were you able to see everything from there oh i was able to see everything i was able to see every arm extension by Giannis. i was able to see every third step uh, I was, yeah, I mean, we had a really good view on all of it. Cause you're kind of, you're right in the middle and you're just at like, you're in one of the closer to the front rows in the second deck. So you yep. can have like almost a bird's eye view. You can kind of see over the players a yep. little bit. We're, we're center section. We're about five rows back from the front of the, uh, from the front of the upper deck. So they're, they're really good seats. So we've got a great view. Um, it's it's a basketball nerd's view. Yeah, 
Yeah, because you can really you can really see everything. And so every call, you know, I was I was yelling. Me and my friend Cole, who were there, we were yelling. We had a whole fucking row of Bucks fans in front of us too. And I literally heard Oh, you go. Go, 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 go. I literally heard an MVP chant for Gorgie Jang. Please tell me that was you and Cole. No, no, no. It wasn't even we didn't even start that. There were other people who started that and I was like Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank oh, you. We needed to get them we needed to get them uh business cards, definitely, whoever those people were. Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you started that chant, we will give you coast to coast swag. I did do some good networking at the game. I gave out a few business cards and met some people, so you'll be happy Selena, to know can, that. Can you explain to me that call on the shot that Giannis had right before the end of the half? So they start out by calling it a charge on Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, which was maybe the right call. I mean, it was a 50-50 call, but yeah. then but then Budenholzer throws out his challenge, whatever they call it. Do, what, do they have a flag or something that they... I don't know. No, they, no, what, they, just, they, call it. they just stick their finger up and they spin it in a circle. I think that's so how you call it. They should, they should get a they should get a flag that they just throw right onto the court. That's the best part about football is the challenge flag. The coaches are so angry that they just throw the red flag out onto the. Field. Yes, I'm with you. I love that. I love the red <laughs> the the fucking red flag. They just go and they throw it on the court, on the field. Um, anyway, it would add to the dra- drama. But how did that get reversed? A like that was a fifty fifty call, and somehow it got reversed, and then he got to take an and one free throw that so that what? is crazy to me so the ball was in his hand when the time when time expired how did he get continuation i i so first of all i i hate the nba reviews i hate them i think that it is a it is a bad choice by the nba i think that it doesn't work in the nba especially when block charge is a reviewable play. because Especially when it's like, if it's a 50-50, it, they can turn it whichever way they right. want. I mean, block- whatever the call, if it's a 50-50 call, do, do whatever call was on the court already. Don't switch the call and change the complete momentum of the game. We were in that game yes. at that point. Yes. Blo- I mean, for, for sure, block charge is a completely sub- subject, uh, subjective call. So it shouldn't be reviewable. You know what I mean? Like it's it's block charge is always a bang bang play, and even in slow motion, you cannot accurately say you know like this guy was not moving or you know this guy was the the only thing that you can tell is whether they were in the restricted area or not. But other than that, it should just like I I just hate I hate it that should have to be ball. so clear yes. in order to be reversed. Yes. I mean and that's I, what it is in football. That now. is what it is in football is that it has to be beyond like a reasonable doubt, you know, like essentially legal legal qualifications. And they should it should be the same thing in basketball. Like beyond a reasonable it, doubt, it should And <laughs> And did did they get a call from uh from the NBA headquarters saying uh, excuse me, did you guys realize that that was Giannis going for the layup? Yeah, and then they were like, oh, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. That's good. He's all good. That's a that's a blocking oh. foul. Blocking foul and one. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's it was it's fucking terrible. You and know? That, that really changed the mood of the whole game, honestly. That was right when we lost the game. Yeah, and you we know we were within five at that point. And then and then we look at a night like tonight where towns can be abused all night. And what what did he go to the free throw line two times tonight? Like horrible. He was getting he was getting massacred in the paint. He was getting hooked, and then he like tries to show that he's getting hooked, and they call him for, for flailing. Wow, are, are, are you kidding me? Did you see that? Yes, I did. That was terrible. Holy shit! He was getting hooked, and he was like, "Get off of me!" And he gets called for the foul. Like this is horrible. Yeah, I don't know. The, what... Honestly, this this whole refereeing thing, this this debacle, goes back to the seventy sixers game. Like we got a horrible whistle on that when the NBA decided to to review the scuttlebutt 
and Ben Simmons gets nothing, and Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns get equal punishment when Joel Embiid kept going after Cat and relentlessly. You know, I hate to go after the refs, but this has been three games in a row where it's been really questionable. And so I'm, you know, I'm gonna keep an eye on it for the rest of the season, and you know, really try to track and 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 understand, you know, the the difference in penalties between the Wolves and their opponents. Um, yeah, it's very frustrating because it, it, it is really, really frustrating. So I didn't notice anything in the Wizards game, but yeah, that Sixers game was was rough too. Yeah, it was really three rough. Of the last four. So let's we we are coming fresh off of this Memphis game. So let's dive into some more specifics on this Memphis game. Uh, so tonight uh, we had a couple new starters. So Jeff Teague and Shabazz Napier were both out. They're hurt. So. Starting at the point guard and the two guard, we had Jarrett Culver and Josh Akogi joining. I was such a nervous dad tonight, dude. I know you were. I know you were. I was. I was. I was totally the mom in this situation. I was like, "You guys got this. It's gonna be great. Let's go, boys. You can't. You. There's no way that you can fail." And you were like. <laughs> My, I'm not watching this game. <laughs> my sons can't mess up. Otherwise, I'll be disappointed. You know, I could. It was tough for me to watch that game. I think. I think that's tough. a pretty accurate like way to describe us as like you're the dad <laughs> you're the and I'm the mom. You know, <laughs> usually for some reason you had Timberwolves at 22 this year in our power rankings. That was surprising. Yeah. Well, you know, I I I might end up being pretty right. We'll see. Uh, Jarrett Culver was the surprise of the night. He looked really good. His plus minus was far and away ahead of all of the other Timberwolves. He was at like 15 for a while up until, uh, the end of the game where he was like at still at seven, but then he dropped to second behind Robert Covington, who had, who was a plus five on the night, uh, in garbage time. And if he would have only made one of those two layups at the end or two free throws at the end, I mean, then he would have been able to at least tie Robert Covington for the um, lead and plus minus on for the Timberwolves, which is great. Yeah. So yeah, great. yeah. First start. Yeah. I mean, he hit two three pointers, which is great. He had some aggressive drives. He, I mean, he missed quite a few layups, um, but they were good drives he had three assists by the end of the fourth qu- fourth quarter. I think he ended with five. He ended actually with seven assists. With seven assists. Yeah. Wow. That's good. That is really good. Um, Two for five from three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had 15 points on 13 field goal attempts. Zero turnovers. See, yeah, I, the whole game I was thinking, like, he looks more comfortable. He looks more confident. Making good decisions. Making much better decisions. I mean, he's still making mistakes, like a, like, but he's making more normal NBA rookie mistakes rather than, like, when he was only, you know, at the first few games of the season, it wasn't that he was making mistakes. It's that it looked like he had no idea what he was doing out there. So if he's yeah. just making mistakes... That is progress. <laughs> because here is what here is what I loved so much about his game was that when he was getting to the rim, he was controlled and he kept the ball high. Yes, he wasn't letting himself get stuck under defenders, mm-hmm. which is something that Jordan McLaughlin was letting happen to him all game, and he still was going for the layup somehow. Yeah, I you don't know, know what was. Going I don't. On with I him. you know I can't blame Jordan McLaughlin. He's five eleven, and this was his first NBA game. It's fine. He did fine. He made a few shots, and he didn't make too many terrible mistakes. He did fine. I mean, he did his fine. mistakes were that he thought that he should try to get the ball off when he was close to the rim. Just because he was close to the rim, not realizing, oh, there are shot blockers here, and I don't have the ball high enough right now. Yeah, which is like, that is that is fresh from G League mistakes. Um, although I will say, every time Jordan McLaughlin came into the game, I was like, uh-oh. Wolves yeah. are wolves are I you know honestly I would have rather seen uh Josh Okogi come off the bench and be the backup point guard over Jordan McLaughlin just because you know Josh Okogi is not a point guard yet 
maybe that was the plan, but Josh was on the bench with four fouls for a lot of that game and wasn't looking that good. I mean, well, that's was, what I'm saying. He, I, I don't think he should have started. I I think he should have right, come off right. the bench. You know, like yeah. honestly, if you're gonna start Jarrett Culver and eliminate some shooting from the point guard position, I mean, not that Jeff Teague is that good of a shooter, but start Culver, Wiggins, Covington. And then maybe throw in Layman or Vonley in the starting lineup and have a Kogi come off the bench with Trey. Well, you, Go ahead. You you know my relationship with Noah Vonley. Uh I just I I have nothing but love for that man. I mean, all he does is just get big rebounds and goofily throw up some uh, hook shots that end up getting him fouled, and then he goes to the line, and he was three for four tonight, so he was effective in that. Oh, I wanted to talk more about Josh Okoge for just a second. Yeah, go ahead. Because I was really disappointed in how uncontrolled he was, reverting back to his old form of just flailing. Like flail, He flailed on a couple of... Uh, on a, on a couple of layup attempts, especially there was one in particular at the end of the game when we were already out of it. But him getting flaily with Ja Morant was exactly the wrong way to play Ja because Ja is so fast and he is so agile, he stops on a dime, and then Josh was caught fouling him when he stopped right behind all the screens. I mean, that was kind of the story of the game. Andrew Wiggins did the same thing to Jay Crowder. I mean, like that was happening all game we weren't fighting around screens properly yeah well you know Josh Okoge has been flaily all year still it's just that I mean especially on the offensive end tonight yes he was caught and on the offensive end his flailing has worked out because his wild shots have gone in you know yeah but his his wild shots just didn't look as wild at the beginning of this year like tonight they looked Wild, wild. Yeah, tonight was tough. Tonight was a tough Okogi tonight night. Tonight was a last year Josh Okogi game, which is it's bound concerning to, to me. Well, it's bound to happen sometimes. It's his, it's his second, yeah. it's his second season. You know, things are bound to happen. One player that was really impressive tonight was Andrew Wiggins. Now, I know that you, Dylan, you've been upset about the Ringer, uh, namely Zach Cram, tweeting something about. Andrew Wiggins. Shouts to Zach Cram. Uh, big lows, big downs to Zach Cram. Yeah, can you talk about that a little bit? Okay, so Zach Cram tweeted that Andrew Wiggins is the only player in the league who's shot the ball at least 20 times and has had zero assists in both of those games. So he's uh, he's done it twice and... No other player has done it once or something like that, right? Yeah. He tweets this out, and it's like this last game that Andrew Wiggins played, he was getting the ball out to guys. Like, you saw at the Bucks game. You were there in person. Andrew Wiggins was kicking the ball out. Great. And the guys just weren't making open threes. They had open looks, and he was getting the ball in the right area a lot of times. They were just missing the shots. Yep, and the same thing was happening tonight. Luckily, yeah. they made a few of the shots, so he ended. They made six of them, but they still probably missed four of them. He should have had a double double. Yeah, yeah, he was <laughs> he he did a really really good job of kicking the ball tonight. It was really incredible. I mean, he had some spinning dishes, some you know drive to the basket, jump up, turn around, and find a guy. And it wasn't like find a guy like throw a shitty pass. It was like find a guy bullet pass to the guy at the three point line. And, if, and several of them are missed. Uh, well, I mean, really what I've been seeing from Andrew Wiggins over the past few games is uh, like his willingness to pass has increased big time. His vision has, in, his, has gotten better. He, yeah, is, he and is looking like a legitimate NBA player. Yeah, stats can say whatever you want them to say. And Zach Cram was very early on the anti-Wiggins bandwagon last year and I think he's just trying to like hold on to that from last year so that's part of it and obviously he's a stat nerd he I don't think he's probably watched one Timberwolves game himself but whatever we can get over that Andrew Wiggins is a neutral to positive basketball player this year and that's something that I'm taking so much delight in this one of the only things I can take delight in after the tragedy that was the malice in Memphis. 
the malice in Memphis. So a few of the issues that the, the, the Wolves had this game came defensively. Memphis hung, what was the final score, 137? to 121 yeah Memphis 137-121 yeah I mean they scored 72 points in the first half that is rough I think actually last year Atlanta came through and hung 72 points in the first half exactly um and but they still scored 65 in the second so it's not like it's not like that's great you know what I mean yeah no no it's it's terrible. Like we didn't we didn't come back in the second and start start playing in the second half and start playing our asses off on defense. Like the transition defense maybe got a little bit better and in particular like Andrew Wiggins' transition defense throughout the whole game was very rough. Bad. Bad bad. Very bad, bad. very very rough and he needs to just stay moving backwards. Mm-hmm. He needs to know how to release better. You're never going to get the steal on a fast break. <laughs> you know, it's it's not pickup ball. But yeah, so our transition defense, while it did get better in the second half, our defense was just horrible. And then they just kept making shots. I mean, some of the threes were open in the second half. I think the threes were the story of the second half. Some of them were open. Some of them weren't open, and they were just making them. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the story of the game is Dylan Brooks and Jay Crowder shooting. It was unreal. I mean, they, they were... Ooh, they were on fire. They were a combined nine for thirteen from three. That is tough. That's twenty-seven yeah. points just from the three-point line. That's almost seventy percent. Man, yeah, they were killing That's it. Bad. Okay, so let me go over Dylan Brooks's stats: thirty minutes, thirty-one points, sixteen field goal attempts, nine makes, five for seven from three, eight for eight from the line. This is a, seven, a career 75% free throw shooter. He's 8 for 9 this year. Now, after this game, he is 16, 16 for, for 17. 17. Yeah. He's been playing better this year a little bit, but this game was it was on a different level, and I only blame Andrew Wiggins for half of it. I know that you were kind of coming down on Andrew for his defense at the end of the game. but Well, I mean, so Dylan Brooks was on fire the whole game. Andrew Wiggins was defending him almost the entire game. Change the defender. Like that <laughs> to me Do that, something, yeah. Yeah, do just do something. I would rather have Andrew Trey Wiggins like yeah, and put Andrew Wiggins on Brandon Clark. Like Brandon Clark had a good offensive game, but Brandon I Brandon was- Clark 21 minutes, 18 points, 7 for 7, 4 for 4 from the line. But like a hundred times out of a hundred, I will take a Brandon Clark shot over a Dylan Brooks shot. I just will. I mean, Dylan Brooks is a better offensive player than Brandon Clark. You know? Well, and Dylan Brooks is going, I mean, at least this year, he's shot really well from beyond the arc, and he's still continuing to do that. He's on a hot streak, right? Yeah. So, uh, and it, this isn't the first game that he's had that he's shot well from beyond the arc. So it's like, be ready for it. Put a better perimeter defender on him. <laughs> and especially because we have so many perimeter defenders. We, yeah. I mean, we have Travion Graham, Robert Covington, Josh Okoge, even Jarrett Culver, who are all better defenders than Andrew Wiggins. You think Jarrett Culver already? I just don't know yet, I don't think. You know, I, I guess Jarrett Culver has shown better defensive intensity than Andrew Wiggins, at, at least. Yeah. I've just seen him get beat where he's just been in the wrong spot just because, you know, he's a rookie and he gets beat in weird ways. So, like, yeah, maybe on the perimeter, but in in terms of guys who are going to be cutting to the basket, I'm not, I'm just not sure with Culver yet. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess I guess that's that's neither here nor there. He regardless, could be great, yeah. regardless, there are better options. You've got at least yeah. three better options than Andrew Wiggins. And throughout the entire game, Andrew Wiggins was guarding Dylan Brooks, and, you know, he put up 31 points, and... He was a big reason why the Wolves lost. I mean, a, a, a few of the, uh, a couple of the other reasons is that the Wolves did a terrible job defending the pick and roll this game. I mean, oh yeah, a John Morant clearly is an excellent pick and roll operator. He's super fast. He's got a great float game, and his vision is noise. He's got noise vision, and he's got a, a few 
rim runners who are really excellent in Jaron Jackson and Brandon Clark. So, I mean, Brandon Clark and Jaron Jackson kind of eviscerated us in the pick and roll tonight, and it was really hard for us to defend that, um, which has been, you know, a little bit of a trend when when we're talking about pick and roll operators. The the Timberwolves have a hard time defending that pick and roll. I mean, that's part of the reason that we lost to Atlanta last year two times. It's because Trey Young is an excellent pick and roll operator, and he's able to exploit us in that way. Well, yeah, and I feel like the ball handler, at least the ball handler, has gotten the best of us in the pick and roll every single game we've had. Like, whether it's Devontae Graham or <laughs> whether it's uh, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, Irving or put up 50 John against Morant us. Yeah. Or just like down the line, everybody's gotten the best of us if they've had a small pick and roll ball handler. Like, what are we going to do against these guys? Because Josh Okogi and Jarrett Culver and Travion Graham aren't doing it, they're not cutting it right now. Well, who was Josh Okogi was guarding, he wasn't guarding. John Moran at the beginning. Well, yeah, he was, from what I saw. Oh, okay. And then Jarrett Culver was on Dylan. Uh, was No, because Andrew Wiggins was on Dylan Brooks, so Jarrett Culver was on... Jay Crowder, I Jay guess. Jay Crowder? I guess. I mean, I just rem- I do remember right at the beginning of the game, Okogi picking up Ja, but did it really even matter because they were switching, too? Well, so. I mean, John Morant had a bad beginning of the game. John Morant started out like... T- uh, two for thirteen or something like that. And well, then maybe there it is. Like that was probably when, right about when Josh Okogi got in got foul, foul trouble. trouble. Yeah, yeah. And then that'd be something to look back on. Yeah, that that is something to look back on because I think that our our guard defense is is a real weak area for us. Our perimeter defense is pretty good when it comes to our like defending wings. We've got a lot of options, but we don't have a lot of options for defending point guards. It showed tonight again. John Morant, you know, as soon as Jasper Kogi got in foul trouble, just went off. So, you know, this was a tough Wolves loss, a, a really tough Wolves loss. 16 points. Like I said, I, I really thought that they were going to win by 20. And Dylan said, or lose by 20. What a classic Wolves move. It's this- There is not more of a Wolves move than to be full strength. Now we're feeling all confident. Carl Anthony Towns is leading the league in win shares per 48, and uh, he's leading the league in PER, and he's leading the league in box plus minus, and all of a sudden the Wolves lose to below-average Memphis team at the least. Yeah, seriously. This had a had a whole old Wolves vibe. You know, this felt like 20, 2015, 2016 Wolves. Sam Mitchell Wolves, I think we were talking. Yeah, like big time. So in the next week, the Wolves have the Warriors on Friday, which better be a win. Otherwise, <laughs> uh, Eric Pascal's uh, coming for you, baby. <laughs> the Warriors are coming to town. Then the uh, the Wolves rival, the Denver Nuggets, are coming to town on Sunday. Then we've got a back-to-back. We play the Pistons at home on Monday. And the Spurs on the road on Wednesday. That's a lot of games in a week. It's a lot of games. But you know what? We've got youth, so we don't need the rest. We don't need the rest. Straight through. I mean, to me, that looks like a Warriors win, a competitive game against the Nuggets, which we totally could win. And the Pistons and the Spurs are a coin toss. So if we can go 2-2 and and come out of this little stretch what would be six and five i'd be happy with that uninspired i would be happy with six and five through 11 games that i'd be fine with it yeah that is way better than i was expecting so than last year when we started four and nine right yeah chalinga i need something to boost my energy like right now i'm in low spirits will you do something that will make me feel a little bit happier yeah let's do something fun Dylan, I'm going to challenge you. Are you ready to be challenged? Oh, God. I don't think so. So here's what we're going to do. So there are a lot of podcasts that do... So the Dunked On Basketball Podcast does 15 and 60, where they talk about 15 teams (laughs) 
in 60 minutes. I don't have that much time, Tlinga. You don't have 60 minutes? I don't have 60 minutes. I have like 30 seconds. All right. Well, Dylan, this is the Coast to Coast 60 teams. Excuse me. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Dylan. This is the Coast to Coast 30 teams in 30 seconds. I'm going to give you 30 teams, and you have 30 seconds to tell me your opinion of each team. Wait, wait. I have so I have one second per team. Exactly. Oh, oh my God, Dylan. Okay. Are you ready? Oh, as ready as I'll ever be, Che. All right, here we go. Ready? Atlanta Hawks. Trey Young. Boston Celtics. Uh, Gordon Hayward's doing great. Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie Irving could make or break the season. Charlotte Hornets. Better than I thought. Chicago Bulls. Uh, sh- crash. Cavaliers. Trash. Uh, trash. D- Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Luca's looking good, but fuck Porzingis. Nuggets. I'm getting faster. Uh, Jokic's fat. Golden State Warriors. Uh, Eric Pascal, what the fuck? Rockets. Uh, they'll figure it out. Pacers. I have no clue what to think about the Pacers, and I don't care. Clippers. Kawhi's sleeping right now. Lakers. <laughs> LeBron is going to win MVP. Grizzlies. John Morant looks like the next special Westbrook. Heat. Uh, Jimmy Butler sucks Milwaukee so Bucks. far. Uh, Giannis is getting every call under the stars. Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, my heart. Pelicans. Oh, Zion's coming back, hopefully. Knicks. Uh, John Morant looks pretty good. John Morant. <laughs> I was, fuck. God damn it. RJ Barrett. <laughs> Thunder. We're going too fast. Uh, SGA is looking very good. Orlando Magic. Oh, they're starting to lose some games now. Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, fuck Joel Embiid for forever. And Ben Simmons. Suns. Suns. Yes. Yes. Suns over Sixers. Portland Trailblazers. Uh, that was me puking. Kings, Sacramento Kings. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck De'Aaron Fox for quitting on the USA. San Antonio Spurs. Oh, Lamarcus Aldridge is on skates. Demar Toronto Raptors. Oh, Pascal Siakam still looking pretty good. Utah Jazz. Oh. Oh, Mike Conley. No, no, no. Wizards. But defense. Uh, Wizards. They're bad. They're they're what we thought they were. And that was 30 teams in 30 seconds. Dylan? That was at least a minute. (laughs) (laughs) You did a good job, though. There were some hot takes in there. LeBron for MVP. (laughs) I have been wanting to say that for a long time long time you know it just squeezed out of my loins right there i like that uh pascal and pascal for the warriors and the raptors are both doing awesome you mentioned both Pascals. (laughs) well if there's if there's one thing that i do need is a third pascal so we can have pascal's triangle in the nba did you ever watch uh home movies what do you mean of course i watched home movies what are you talking about no 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 the cartoon the animated show, Home Movies. I did not. I don't oh. think so. So it was about these kids. I think they were fourth graders who made movies together. And one of their movies was called Louie Louie. Oh, I've seen it before. Yes. I vaguely remember it. When I started telling the story, I thought that it was about Louis Braille and Louis Pascal. But it's actually about Louis Braille and Louis Pasteur. So... This story was pointless. We're going to move on to our next segment. <laughs> can I cut that? Yeah, you can. Chalanga, I need to make you admit a couple things because we've come to the point in the season where our bad takes are starting to take they're starting to take hold. Well, Dylan, I need to make you admit a couple things too. All right, whatever. Let's go back and forth. Uh, I think that's a good idea. Why don't you go first? I want you to admit that Dwight Howard is different. Ah! <laughs> I'm not saying that he's going to be a starter in the NBA ever again. 
I don't care about that. All I want you to admit is that vegan Dwight is somehow working. Is he vegan he's now? Caught, I don't know what he is, but he's in L.A. and he's so skinny, so I'm just calling him vegan Dwight. Yeah. You know what? Gluten-free Dwight. It's hard for me to like the Lakers. It's harder for me to like Dwight Howard. But just I, say it. Dwight I, Howard is different. I will admit, Dwight Howard looks pretty good. <laughs> did you see that chase down block on kobe white he was i did man to man defense on kobe white and he chased him down like he didn't just stop him his he chased him from behind his defense has been really good i am mad at you for saying that he's playing the best defense of his of his career Be- okay you're right because yeah at least once i probably more than once Dylan texted me. He said, Dwight Howard is playing. He's second in defensive box plus minus. Okay, come on. That's, <laughs> or okay, some whatever. shit. He's playing the best Stop. defense of his career. You're so mean. Whatever. I got you to say that Dwight Howard is different this season. <laughs> Dwight Howard is different this season. You're right, Dylan. All right. I have. I, it, is, it is the highest defensive box plus minus of his career. Really? Which is only significant in the in the sense that th- that he's doing anything on defense, right, really. right, right, right. So I I have something that you have to admit. This is this is more minor. I'm starting with my most minor one, and it's a take from a uh, uh, from last year, and it has to do with a certain player who I love. He's a Jayhawk, Rock Chalk, and Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, not Andrew Wiggins. No, no, no. I don't think he's played a game this season. Joel Embiid. <laughs> but you know who has played a game this season and has been averaging almost 18 points a game is former player of the year, college basketball player of the year, Devontae Graham. Oh, For the Charlotte Hornets. God. He is a good player and a legitimate NBA player, Dylan. I've been on this bandwagon since day one. Devontae Graham is a candidate for sixth man of the year. Yeah, he at is. The the year. At the end of the year, he will be. He's candidate for sixth man of the year. He's candidate for most improved player. He's candidate for the rising stars game. He is a good ass player, dog. Yeah, was he a second round pick last year? He was a second round pick last year, yes. He was college basketball player of the year. Uh-huh. He was an A Smith player. Wow, mm-hmm. but he's little. He's like he's little. He's yeah. less than six. He might be less than six feet. I think he's listed at like six one, but I don't know if I believe that. All right, I admit it. He's a candidate for six man of the year right now. He's like a top five candidate for six man of the year. <laughs> yes, thank you, Dylan. All right, what else do I have to admit? Let's take it over to Lawrence, Kansas, again. Again, I like this. I want you to say this. Andrew Riggins is different this year, too. I don't love his transition defense, as we were saying. Uh huh. But just the way that he's engaged on offense and making good decisions for the team. And when he's driving, he's not driving to score. He's starting to drive, as Popovich would say. His plays are to have the team score. He wants the team to score. You know what? This game really convinced me because he had 30 points and six assists? Yes, yeah, six. Plus three three or four assist passes that were not converted. Plus he's averaging almost six rebounds this game uh, this season. I'm with you. Andrew Wiggins is a new man. He's a new player. And he looks legit. He is a neutral to positive player in terms of him over replacement level players. I I think he's marginally positive. Yeah, I will admit so it. Far. So far, yes. Oh. Dylan goes so far. <laughs> so excited, but it's so exciting. Yeah. I will always love Andrew Wiggins. All right, I've got something that you've got to admit, and it's about this oh. season. God, I was really high on this team and I'm still really high on this team. You were super low on this team, Dylan. And this team is 
the Miami Heat. Dylan, the Miami Heat are good. I am going to say two things. I will admit that on one condition, that Jimmy Butler, that you would have thought at the beginning of the year that Jimmy Butler would have had to be a top 20 player in order for the Miami Heat to be a top four playoff seed in the East. You know, I did. And Jimmy Butler has not been that so far this season. He's a fine player, and he's a mental leader for the team. Mm -hmm. But he's averaging like 15 points per game. And he's playing well on defense. I think his defensive box plus minus is actually like above five. Like it's right up there with the top of the league right now. Right. But just in terms of him being a superstar or even maybe being an all-star even in the East this year, I think that's going to be tough for him. So I think that he could be a top 30 player, but I don't think, I think his days of being a top 20 player are close to over. Well, here's the thing about Jimmy Butler he's only averaging 15 points and his offensive, you know, his shooting numbers are down. He's shooting 35% from the field, 23% from three, and only 72% from the free throw line. But he's averaging seven rebounds. And six and a half assists per game, plus one block per game. So even though his offensive numbers are down, and he's leading the league in steals, yeah, he's making a difference, and he is contributing to winning in other ways. I believe that his shot will come around because he has proven the last several seasons that he is a legitimate offensive player. He's, you know, I mean, he just had a kid. He was out for a few games. He's still catching his rhythm for the season. This team defensively is stout. They are super stout. Offensively, even without Jimmy Butler being a top 20 player, they've got enough. Goran Dragic coming off the bench. Kendrick Nunn being a revelation this season, even though I think maybe he's going to kind of be forgotten. They've got enough to, to, to give Jimmy Butler a runway to warm up to the season. And if he gets going and can average 20-plus points per game, this team is like a, a serious contender for the Eastern Conference Finals. Last year, he was 18.7 points per game. So he did not. Oh, last year he was only 18. See, I'm 18.7, 65 games played. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. Okay, I didn't realize that. So my opinion of Jimmy Butler is that he, because he was such a physical player, he's the same kind of super overly physical player that like Dwayne Wade was, except Jimmy Butler was that way on both sides of the ball. And I know he's a bigger guy too, so he can probably take a lot of that. He can take a lot of those hits. But those guys don't usually have the longest careers, and he's on the other side of 30. So... My take is that he's not a top 20 player. He might be a top 25 or 30 player. Even if he's that, though, I will admit, this Heat team, their ceiling is the NBA Finals. They're not going to get there, but, but if that's every, their ceiling. If everything goes right, they could. You know, like They could surprise everyone and get past the Bucks for sure. And just because Jimmy hates the Sixers so much, or just hates, I guess like he just gets so involved... You know, like he he will he will play mind games with everybody, and especially with those Sixers. Like maybe he will just outwill them to the finals. I don't know. I'm that's that's my case for them getting to the finals and surprising everybody. And I think that's their ceiling, but that's a one in a hundred chance. Or if if Tyler Hero was like three or four years older, then I would you know have, have I would believe in their finals chances more, but. They're, they've got some pretty young pieces in some significant roles. Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn. Not a lot of... I mean, that's four years of experience between those three players. So Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even then, they're, they should be happy with a second-round playoff berth. Which I think is super uh, realistic. Eastern Conference Finals. I think that's not out of the realm of possibility at this point this year. I, I agree with you 100%. We'll see how things go this season. Maybe they can make a trade midseason as well to to improve their team. We will see. Right. Dylan. And they're definitely deeper than the Bucks. That's the other thing. What's your last thing you need to, you need to make me admit? 
I need you to admit that Dylan Brooks what? is the next LeBron James and Steph Curry. No, I will not admit that, Dylan. What the fuck are you talking about? All right. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I must have been jaded by <laughs> the most recent game that Listen, I saw. Listen, he had a great game, but I ain't fucking with that. <laughs> All right. Here's a real Here's a real one. Here's a real one. Yeah. You picked the Trailblazers to be the number one seed in the no. West. <laughs> They're I was... three and four. Zach Collins is out, and their lack of depth in the front court is starting to show through. It's bad. Yeah. It's bad. It is. They need Kevin Love in such a bad way right now. Yeah. And somehow they cannot get rid of Hassan Whiteside at the same time. So we don't know how that's going to work. Our proposed trade is Hassan Whiteside and Anthony Simons and Kent Bazemore. And you might have to give like do some more weird salary stuff for Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love. I don't know. Yeah. Why don't we why don't they take Larry Nance? Kevin Love. Oh, maybe they could do that. Yeah. So they could have two front court players. Larry but then that's two guys who are more offensive players and in the, the front court. That doesn't fix their defensive woes. It doesn't <laughs> fix them. Yeah, oh man. Yeah, dude, it's tough. I wanna believe in Dame and Dame Time. Dame Dalla. But that team is deeply, deeply flawed. And I, I'm not a big, I don't, I don't see what everyone sees in Zach Collins. Everyone's always like Zach Collins. He looks so good. He looks so skilled to me. He looks like he's kind of lost on defense and he looks a little weak, but him being hurt does not help the war, uh, help the Blazers. Well, it did help the Warriors the other night. It helped the war. It did help the Warriors beat the Blazers, (laughs) which sucks. That's a, that's a bad fucking loss, dude. Dylan, I will admit, the Trailblazers will not be the number one seed in the West, and they might not make the playoffs. I'm saying it now. They're not making the playoffs. <laughs> They're not. I can't believe we were so high on them. I was like, I was the one who pushed them ahead of the Clippers. Yeah. I mean, more out of spite than anything, once again, but uh, spite for the Clippers. But uh, I would have had the Blazers probably at five if i were in my right mind and i think that that's where i had them in my personal rankings yeah i've said this before that seems about right i was saying it doesn't seem about right not 10 seems about right now right now yeah they they are uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a struggle for them to win games you know it's gonna be a real test on dame to see how good he is and and how well he can lead a team i have one more thing for you to admit and this is my most hype take I am all in. Dylan, it's time for you to admit that the Hawks will make the playoffs and Trey Young will make an all-star team this year. <sighs> Even without John Collins. They don't look any worse with without John Collins. They just slot Jabari Parker in that in that slot. And they don't they do not lose any offensive production and they don't lose any defense either, because it's not like John Collins is some sort of stalwart defensive player. I mean, they lose some defense because Jabari Parker is a zero on defense. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. They lose a little bit of defense. But but Trey Young operating in the pick and roll is enough offensive production to lead <laughs> a pretty bad defense to a lot of wins. Okay, so Trey Young right now, is shooting 50% from three-point. That's not going to keep up, obviously. He's 3.8 for 7.6. That the, He's 3.8 attempts on, or 7.6 attempts, 3.8 makes a game. Yeah. Well, the, the five games that he's played. That's not going to keep up, but I think he's going to take more threes than 7.8 a game. I imagine he'll be closer to 10 a game, which... Means and he'll probably make four of them. Yeah, so he'll, three point eight. Yeah, exactly. Um, and by the end of the season, <laughs> yes. And his his confidence and his control in the pick and roll. I mean, he looks like he's in complete command of the game when he's operating in the pick and roll. 
I mean, he yeah. he's like just messing around out there, making no look passes, and you know. Okay, I will admit, he's making the All Star team this year. Yes, the Hawks are looking good to make the playoffs, but I'm not willing to put Trey Young on an All NBA team because I just think he's going to be such a negative defensively, and I think by the end of the year he'll be shooting under. 40% from three. So I think that... Oh, I didn't say All-NBA. I said All-Star. No, I know. But I'm I'm just... I'm just trying to give caveats so that we're not only hyping on these guys. I've, I'm trying to say I will I will admit this also given the fact that this will happen. I feel you. But if he shoots close to 40% on high volume, on difficult shots, and is as good of a pick-and-roll operator as he currently is throughout the entire season, which I don't think will regress, this team is going to be a real hard, hard to beat team because he is nearly unstoppable. I mean, his float game is unreal. He can go to the basket and, and make difficult layups. He can get to the line. He can shoot from the logo. I mean, he, he's got a complete offensive game. And what is he, 20 years old? It's crazy. He looks really good. He is 21 currently. Turned 21 September 19th. Oh, okay. So he's just 21. He's been drinking. That's what's going on. He's getting getting loose, getting relaxed. <laughs> exactly. So you feel like the, the Hawks will make the playoffs? And Trey will make an all-star team? I will admit that, Chalinga. Hell yes. I enjoyed this. Yeah, we ended up going an hour yeah, we said let's shoot for 20 minutes, and here we are an hour later. Thank you for listening to the Coast to Coast NBA podcast. Don't forget to follow us on the socials on Twitter at Coast to Coast NBA, on Instagram at Coast to Coast NBA Pod. Send us an email at Coast to Coast NBA Pod at gmail.com. And seriously, don't forget to subscribe, download, and leave us a rating and review, people. We've been begging you for weeks now. And nothing's happened. Nothing has happened. Maybe we should put this at the beginning of the pod. Oh, yeah, because people probably only listen to the beginning part and they get bored by the end. Yeah. All right. Look out next week. We're putting our all of our shit at the beginning of the pod. And you're going to listen to five minutes of boring. (laughs) Please follow us. Please subscribe. Please rate us. And you know whose fault that is? That's your fault. Because you didn't. Well, it's actually not your fault because you're listening at the end. Yeah. Oh wait, but the people who are listening at the end aren't reviewing us. So yeah, it is your fault. It's it's all of our listeners' fault it's except fault. those who have already reviewed. But we have been telling them that they could review again. Shouts to Ben Kinkwali. Shouts to Flip. Shouts to Becky. Tim Kamatsu. Shouts to us. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Come on, people. <laughs> the fact that we can name everyone who has left us a review. Charlie Sigoko, leave us a review. Also, we've been regressing in terms of listener downloads. Rudy Sinclair, be, leave us a review. We've been averaging close to 45 listeners per episode. We're down at 19 in our most recent one. Let's support. We don't even want you to listen. We just want you to download them. Just put automatic download on. Mark Bromingham or Preza, please, at Pampy Frank on, on Twitter. Come on. Who's that guy? He's my youth youth pastor. <laughs> youth priest. Thank you for listening once again. I should not have three beers before I do this podcast. I love you so much. Goodbye. I love you, Chalinga. Bye. Dylan, I will admit, the Warriors will not be the number one team in the West. And... Wait, wait. Trailblazers. Go back, go back. Fuck. <laughs>